This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Good morning, this is Frida Liu. You're listening to Race a Game. The world as we know it has changed in a short span of less than a year and will continue to change as we battle a global pandemic that has accelerated the digitalization of almost every area of life. We've all had to pivot in some way or another, both in our personal and professional lives. For many of us, it's been frightening and exhilarating at the same time. And yet there are people and organizations that have held on fast to the ways that are familiar to them, frozen in time, thinking that if they can just wait out this episode in the world's history, they can can go back to the usual way of doing things. But can they survive the biggest digital, economic and social upheaval of our times by staying the same? It is the last Monday of the month. And once again, we have Human Equation founder Sheila Singham with us to discuss why we should stop resting on our laurels and why we should let go of the things of the past that don't work for us to move forward and embrace a new way of doing things to make ourselves and our businesses relevant for the future. I'm Frida Liu. Many of us did not see the pandemic escalating to a global crisis. So so quickly, uh, not, uh, nor could we predict its impact on the world economy, right? And yet there are businesses that didn't just survive, they just, they have thrived during this time. And what do you think separates those, uh, these from those that are struggling or fallen by the wayside? It is an ability to see the writing on the wall, to see what's needed out there. Mm. And to have the flexibility, the agility, to be able to say, hmm, there's something there. Maybe we need to change some the way we're doing something. Maybe we need to step, fo- step forward, look for new ways, new partners. Mm. And it also, uh, I think with some of these businesses, there is a, there is a culture of innovation. Right. There is a freedom that's given among its people to, to create, to suggest that there's feedback. And you would seldom see a lot of hierarchy in this sort of creative company. Mm. This is what I feel. So, you know, those companies that are, I mean, for example, you, you look at, um, you know, some of the industries that are out there today. The minute this pandemic happened, poof, they were able to mobilize. Uh, you know, mobilize right. already and do things in a new way to see the opportunities. And and you must not, not be afraid. Mm. That is a key component. The fear of failure must not be there. And and for those people running such uh, companies that want to innovate, you must allow your people the freedom to fail also. Mm, right. Okay. So allowing the others to fail. So what was a good ph- philosophy for organizations worldwide uh, to adopt in order to do business successfully uh, in the new norm? Well, you know, uh, Frida, I've I've done this uh, program, a postgraduate diploma in innovation and design thinking. And one of the things that blew me away during that program was the tree box model by a world-renowned expert on business innovation, uh, Professor Vijay Govindarajan. And he, this tree box model is focused on three um, stages, three boxes that we need to adopt. And the first box is what we call box one. You need to, of course, focus on managing the present. You can't be just looking at the future, future, and then forget to optimize your current business. Your current business is your the, the engine of that, that, that fuels you know, your entire organization. So mm. it brings in the bread and butter. Mm. So you need to focus on keeping it going during this time. So while so that's innovation for the current, right? For now, you need it it's not even innovation. It is definitely pivoting. It is you have to do it. Mm. Right? So how do you keep business going now? Do you need to tighten budget? Do you need to you need to do whatever you need to do, you do it now. Mm. Then 
box two that he talks about, and you are familiar with this as well, mm-hmm. uh-huh. forgetting the past. Right. It's about letting go of whatever is holding you back. And a lot of companies forget that. Right. Right. And the third thing is to create the future. It's creating, you know, it's not facing the future. It's not sort of like embracing. It's creating. That means you as an organization got to create the future products and services you create it and then through the process of, you know, um, you know, digitalization, digital marketing, creating awareness, you begin to create that awareness. I mean, the point is, how many of us needed, uh, uh, when it first started out, who would have thought that we all need a phone where mm. you can make calls, message, listen to music, watch videos and take pictures and videos and all that. But today, we need it. We cannot. Anybody doesn't have a smartphone or Android now. Uh, people look at you like one kind. Hey, where did you come from? Mm. You know what I mean? No, we need it. We need it. It's become such an integral part of doing business. But once upon a time, no one needed it. So when Apple came out, came out with this idea, everyone was like, oh, really? It's a novelty. Uh, let's try it. And then it became a necessity. Right. And you, you so talk... So that is... Yep. Yeah, sorry. Finish. Sorry. Finish your sentence. Sorry. No, no, no. You, you, you had a question. No, you were saying that you know to to forget your past, even to you know to um, get rid of things that are holding you back, and even sometimes something that's good, you also have to be wary that it may not be good for the long term. Yes, it, what's right. good for you now might not be good for the future. Right. Now, uh, the other thing is you mentioned three boxes earlier. So most companies focus a lot of their resources on the first box, which is to optimize their current business. Um, can you elaborate more on the other two boxes? Forgetting the past, mm. that's box two, yeah? Mm. It means letting go of whatever is holding you back. Okay, so if you, let's say you're a 50-year-old or 80-year-old, 100-year-old company and you've come up with this, you know, tradition and certain values and all that processes and all that that sort of took you through, uh, you know, decades, right? Um, you might need to go back and re-examine and say, hmm, maybe I need to re-look at our values. The values that were relevant, say, 50, 60 years ago might not be relevant today, mm. right? The beliefs of your people, the culture, the hierarchies, the operational issues, like, you know, if you went and invested in software like uh, five to eight years ago might be already getting obsolete now. Yeah. Okay, so whatever is stopping you from moving on. And of course, it also includes moving away from any political interference in the way businesses are run. Mm. All right. There really needs to be a hands off of political um, interference. I'm not talking about uh, external political like government interference. That too. I'm also talking from internally. Mm. Internal politics can be very debilitating. You know, when you go and tell people, oh, we want to try this. And they're like, no, no, we've been doing this for years. And it has stood us in good stead. No, mm-hmm. we're not going to reinvent the wheel. No need to do all that. Mm. So it's like the entire, no, the the software of how your company runs. But sometimes it also means that people who are impediments to innovation, you might need to let go of. Of course, we don't simply dismiss people like that. But what we need to do is we need to look at retraining. We need to look at convincing. And this is where the leadership of, you know, these businesses, organizations have to be very compelling and influential. Uh, Leadership is influence. Leadership is not dragging people, kicking and screaming into doing new things. Leadership is 
you need to dispel that 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 notion that change is painful and it is hard and we shouldn't and all that. You need to be the one embracing it and making it easy for people to embrace, come up with new ideas. Now, in many companies uh, today, I feel, Frida, that uh, when you have like hierarchy, very strong hierarchy, and then you have these new people coming in. Mm. You are people tend to be a bit resistant. Hey, these new people are huh? they are very entitled generation. They come here through your ideas. They haven't been through the drill. They haven't run the course. Suddenly they think their ideas so good can pakai one. But I'm telling you, this is one of the most clued in intelligent generations that we have in the workforce today. Right. Now I I live with two Gen Ys, okay? okay. And uh, even yesterday I was attending a course on how to make a virtual training, uh, you know, exciting, right? Mm. And we had an exercise about oh how to go into Google Maps via satellite. I was lost. I had two Gen Ys there, and poof, within minutes they got it, and they were the only group who got it really spot on. Mm. So they're really clued in. They're really smart. They're very connected. They're all the time online, and they just know what to do. They're, and they should be utilized as a force in this age of digitalization because they're the most skilled naturally, aptitude-wise, and because of their interest, they're the most skilled. So, you know, forget all the old ways, the old thinking that we must go through the hierarchy of things and all that, right? Mm -hmm. So it's about um, really, really looking at how we move forward to forget the past. So that's box two, right? Mm -hmm. And then when we talk about box three, it's about creating the future. It should be aspirational. Mm. So it shouldn't just only be what you can see in the distance. It could even be what you imagine, right? Like Apple, imagining that, hey, what if we sort of put a radio, you know, a feature where you can receive music, play music and all that in the phone and then put a camera and then put a video. At one time, nobody even knew it was possible, mm. right? Now, if you look at history, like innovation was like the Wright brothers. Lah. People were just saying, wow, what if men can fly? They made men fly. Yeah. So it's about creating a new business model that can take you forward. And it, as I said earlier, it needn't just be something that's related to your current business. If in the process of servicing your stakeholders, you find a need, a gap that can be turned into a business opportunity and can generate new income streams, develop it. Right. If you don't have the money to, to, to market, take it to market and, mm. and produce it in mass and all that, then look for collaborative partnerships. Look for angel investors, look for others with the cloud who might be interested. Of course, you need to do your your proper financial planning. You need to give them a proper business model. You can't just say, hey, yeah, this idea, we think it will take. You need to put numbers to the game, right? Mm. So you need to start examining customers of the future. Who are the customers of the future for most industries? It is the millennials and the Gen Z, you know, the, the ones that come after that. They are the customers of the future. So start saying what will they need or want. Right. So then look at all, uh, yeah. Yeah, then look at, sorry. Look at new technologies. Mm. Look now, how can they open new opportunities for us? Like, I give you my own personal example, Frida. Mm. I'm a face-to-face coach and trainer. I'm in my element in a classroom, right? But when the pandemic hit and everything came to a standstill, no face-to-face training, I'm like, what do I do? Now, um, you know, having lived through several decades, I'm not going to tell you how many, so you don't have to guess my age. Mm. Right? <laughs> but... 
To, to just say that I decided, okay, it's the time I need to go digital. Whether I like it or not, I need to look at digital marketing. I need to learn yeah. to make videos online. I need to do training online. So signing up for all these courses and just learning, learning, learning. We cannot stop learning. Yeah. Mm. So... Mm. Right. And it's interesting that author this theory saw fit to include the second box, right? But forgetting the past, right? So mm. we'll continue mm. our conversation a little bit more about uh, creating uh, the future and uh, and forgetting the past in just a moment. I'm here with Sheila Singham from Human Equation. Stay tuned. BFM 89.9. Build Fairer Malaysia. BFM 89.9. The Business Station. Good morning. This is Frida Liu. Yes, it's Raise Your Game. We've got Sheila Singham from Human Equation joining us. Uh, this is the last Monday of the month. And yes, she's back. We're talking about creating for the future and forgetting the past. And most companies, like I mentioned earlier, hold fast to the successes of the past and use the, that path that took them there as the ethos for the way they operate, right? Now, is, is there anything wrong with resting on your laurels? Yes. I would say displaying your laurels is okay. It sort of adds to your credibility. And sometimes, you know, when you go in, with, especially with a new idea and all that, and you want to try it out in the market, people say, who are you? What are your credentials? So mm. you need to have some laurels to display up there on your wall. Okay. The whole concept of the laurels was the laurel wreath that was put onto those who took part in the Olympic sports, you know, mm-hmm. when the ancient Greeks first had it. So that was sort of, they didn't have trophies and all that. That was basically their trophy. So display laurel is fine but resting on them is dangerous because while you are preening yourself getting entrenched in your comfort zone as they say sort of admiring yourself in your in the mirror others are looking hungrily for new opportunities and developing them Mm. into new products and services that might one day render yours obsolete so if you look at the entertainment industry right do you remember the days when you used to go to like the speedy video and mm-hmm. then like sort of first you hired those big, big box video thingies, right? We had a video player. Mm. Then everything went sort of with CD, DVDs and the first mm. CDs, then DVDs and all that. Then we went and bought that. Mm. Today, do you see any speedy videos around? Right. I think gone. Right. And all those like shady fellas who, you know, had the video <laughs> shop and then the, the, the video, the CD in the van at the back, all those disappeared already. But right. because what has happened? We've had live uh, programs that can be streamed online. We've got Netflix, we get Amazon Prime and so on. And I tell you, Netflix kept me sane during MCO. <laughs> <laughs> right. You know, so imagine all those people, CD makers all resting in their laurels, not seeing this coming. Mm. Even if we're talking in the, you know, if we're talking about um, movies and all that, even uh, all our cineplexes and all that, they really need to look at a way of pivoting. Maybe they could partner with online streaming uh, platforms to, you know, show the latest movies at a smaller, more cost or something like that. It's better than just going under, right? Mm. So basically, the world as we know it is gone. It's gone. It's not coming back. This pandemic can go, this, this, this COVID virus can go, but we have learned how to do things in a new way. Right. So, so we can either swim, yeah. Or s- sink or swim, huh? Yeah, swim strong or yeah. sink. Right. Uh, so it's, now is the time to get cracking, la, right. you know, you, otherwise you're just going to... You're just going to sing to the bottom of that portion <laughs> of the So we need to forget some of the things of the past in order to move forward. So should moving forward be done organically or is it a process that we should design strategically? 
to those companies that have moved organically and succeeded, I'm like kudos to them. I think, you know, they're really fortunate, they're really blessed. But what this pandemic has taught us is that we cannot wait for the events of the world to come in and then react to it. All organizations need to design innovation in a strategic way. Mm. They need to plan it. They should have incubators. I mean, if you're not a huge organization and cannot afford to set up a separate department or company for innovation, it's understandable, especially at a time like this. But at least within your organization, set up an incubator for innovation, meaning a safe space. Now, if, if I can advocate a physical space, even if it's a small little space, which you turn into a creative area and you allow people and you make it clear that when you get into that space, all judgment is thrown out the door. Mm. It's only a place for ideas to be thrown, no matter how crazy. To get people to come in, throw them challenges, to just think, brainstorm, ideate, create, design, prototype ideas. Mm. We need to start doing this now. Right. Whether it's related to your business, outside your business, it may not even be like the relation to your business. It could be, hey, I uh, as a consumer, what do I want? Uh? Mm. What do I really, really want? What's my dream? So right. just put it out there. Mm. And from that dream, it could be, hey, great idea, uh, Maybe we can develop the whole thing and then get someone to partner with us who has the capabilities to execute it. Right, right. Now, Kate, do you have examples of businesses that have done this, you know, designed a future that has disrupted the market? Well, I've been talking a lot about Apple. Strangely, I don't have an Apple phone. <laughs> Neither <laughs> I do I. Android. But, yeah. I mean, I'm doing a lot of case studies and, you know, really, really, you really have got to hand it out to them. They had three different um, sort of devices they they had they had the mac and then they had the phone and then they had their ipods and then they just sort of thought one day we'll combine it and test the market and then voila you see what happened mm. and then you know there there is a bank in helsinki that was selling health insurance and then they began to see that you know the market has changed they said instead of just selling the health insurance why don't we sell health and they opened up a hospital mm. Make sense? Right. Yeah, it does, right? And then then you can then insure those people who are there also. Mm. Correct or not? Mm. Right? And then you can work on rates and all that, adjust it according to their insurability. That's such a word. Right? right? And today, close, and then, of course, uh, there's, there's the classic case law of GE itself. Mm. Um, when GE moved, wanted to move into India, the Indian market, mm. they realized that, you know, it's so scattered. There are a lot of doctors, fully qualified doctors practicing small villages in all that India. Mm. But then, you know, the high incidence, incidence of heart disease, those machines were like 200,000 USD mm. and only big hospitals could afford them and they were huge things. So what GE did was they designed specifically uh, a sort of ECG machines for the Indian market, for the right. developing market, mm-hmm. right? And it's only 500 USD. It was small, it was portable, battery right. operated and so on. And it, was, it, just took, it just took in India and then what GE said, hey, this can be an example of right, reverse uh, innovation. Why? Mm. Because we can take it back to the developed countries and then make it accessible to every doctor in every clinic. Mm. So that is an example. I mean, so th- those are like a lot of historical studies. Closer to home, during during uh, COVID, the pandemic, I found 
I realized that the rideshare company, mm. you know, in Malaysia mm. was first, which first started off as, you know, rideshare. Mm. Of course, they went into delivery. They went into food delivery, product delivery, cleaning services. Now they got insurance and so on. Mm. I think that's an amazing example of innovation because you see that there's a need. You go and meet the need. Lah. Right. You know, you go fulfill all the regulatory requirements and then you go meet the need. Lah. Mm. You know, so... There, there's so much. So, okay, like today, right? We look at a lot of uh, complaints going on in Malaysia about the hireability of our new graduates, local mm. graduates. Cannot talk English, lah. They're not creative. Mm-hmm. They're not this. They're not that. Mm. What about an organisation out there going and actually starting up something that teaches these people in innovation and creativity how to think outside the box? You know, mm. for a small fee. Uh, you you can get them to come on board or even do it online or whatever. Now, why didn't I think of that? Okay, maybe I might go into that. <laughs> so, you know, to, to teach them and prepare them to be employed. Or at least right now, if the, the job market is not so great out there, companies downsizing and all that, teach them entrepreneurial skills. Right. These young people are one of the most entrepreneurial um, you know, generations of our time. They all uh, have got little online businesses, side businesses. They curate things from overseas and then they resell for small profit. They know how to do all this. So teach them how to do business for now. Right. There's so many so, ways, right, that we so can... Many ways. Right. Thanks for being with us again. Sheila Sinkham from Human Equation. The last Monday of the month, we've been talking about creating for the future, forgetting the past. This is Raise Your Game, BFM 89.9. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.